Hello again and you're very welcome to the latest edition of the Women's Rugby Pod. The coronavirus has put pay to all the action on the pitch, but that doesn't mean we can't think of things to talk about. I'm Johnny Hammond and as ever I'm joined by Harlequins and England star Rachel Burford. Hi Johnny, yes, it's a really worrying time for everybody at the moment. I mean, even at Harlequins, the news coming out about, you know, suspension of all rugby has meant that there's a big old lockdown at um, Harlequins. Player safety must come first. Of course it must, but uh, this week we've been lucky enough to line up Ali Donnelly, the editor of the top website, Scrum Queens, for a chat. We had a lot of positive feedback after her first appearance on the show in the new year when we did that team of the year, so we thought about time to invite her back. And seeing as we're recording this show on St. Patrick's Day, it's only right to be joined by an Irish woman. She'll help us select the WRP Team of the Six Nations. So far. Uh, yeah, we'll catch up with uh, Ali shortly. But Berth, you're at home. Um, thought that was a responsible thing to do. I'm in the studio and we've got Ali coming on remotely. Um, but all, all okay in your house? All all, uh, all fit and well? Yeah, we're all good. Um, you know, just kind of pottering around, trying to do the sensible thing, not stocking up on millions of toilet rolls. Um, but yeah, just keeping busy. Good opportunity to get some house things in order. Luckily to have a bit of training equipment in the house so I can keep that ticking over. But yeah, it's just a bit of a crazy time, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I was going to go and get some training equipment, but of course I can't now because <laughs> lockdown. So uh, unfortunately not being able to do that. But yeah, no, it's 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 incredibly unsettling time, isn't it? Um, obviously you as a player, big, big impact on you. Obviously as a broadcaster within the game, big, big impact uh, on myself as well. So, so what are you planning to do? Because we're sort of... Certainly, the very, very earliest is is mid April. What what are you planning to do, you as a, as Rachel Burford, the player? Well, look, our personally at Harlequins, our S and C coaches, strength and conditioning coaches, have been you know straight onto it. We've all got kind of programs that we can do remotely. Um, I think there'll be some more discussions that are going on coaching white with the coaches about you know how we keep a rugby element over these weeks where people are going to be desperate to do something but in the same time you know thinking about public health and individual health is is probably paramount more than anything um but yeah it's it's a tough time for everybody um but we've got to make sure that we're just doing the right thing and following the right advice so of course the year uh, the three six nations fixtures uh, were, were cancelled of course Italy, england wales uh, v scotland france against ireland um Till's Premier 15, suspended till April the 14th with the six regular season games still to play, plus the semi-finals and the final. But as you say, Berth, uh, yeah, welfare of players and staff and spectators has to come first. Perhaps we'll uh, we'll chat with Ali, shall we, um, a little bit later when we get her on as to how we will see the, the TPs playing out, if indeed it does play out this season. Yeah, again, like nobody really knows like how this is going to play itself out, what's to come. We're still unsure about what's actually going to happen in the next few weeks with the virus and everything. So it's it's actually really hard to even plan because we don't actually know what might happen um, in the next sort of four to six weeks either. Yeah, no, that's it. It's that uncertainty, isn't it? One bit of news we uh, should tell you about first up is the, uh, the Scotland player, who was in hospital with coronavirus, is now out of hospital and doing well. So we wish her all, all the best for a, a speedy recovery uh, Yeah, from everyone on the WRP. There was one game that did get away last weekend, the Championship North versus South playoffs. And it was Bath up at Litchfield. Bath coming away, 22-15 winners. Um, the other fixtures, there was Thurrock and Cheltenham, Blackheath, Harrogate, and Old Albanian Saints against West Park, all postponed. So Bath remain top of the playoff table so uh, yes again we'll see when uh, when that all comes back into that playoff race if indeed it does at all but we're gonna we're gonna keep doing the pod aren't we aren't we birth uh, through this uncertain time um, whatever locations i have to say it's very lonely in the studio without you and, uh, <laughs> and jezza just me and the coffee machine um, but hopefully we bring a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of lightness into the, the current situation in which the world finds itself. So, Berth, not going to be our regular format of podcast, but um, we've got a few ideas up the sleeve, haven't we, up the WRP sleeve uh, for some, some good podcasts? 
Yeah, obviously we're all gutted that there's no games to talk about and to play in, but there's plenty of stories to share. There's plenty of little things that we can do, you know, look at maybe some teams of, you know, the century or and things like that. So let, we'll have a bit of fun with it and try and bring some entertainment to everybody week on, week out. I'm Sarah Hunter and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Okay, it's time to get our special guest on the show. She's the brains behind scrumqueens.com, but she does so much more for the game besides that. Yes, I'm very, very pleased to say that joining us on the line now is the editor of that amazing website, uh, Ali Donnelly. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, Ali. Thank you very much. A rather unusual St. Patrick's Day with no pubs, but yes. <laughs> yeah, how, how are you coping with all this uncertainty and um, you know, what is fairly, fairly unique times for us all? Yeah, such a surreal time, isn't it? Uh, just kind of on day one of home working and uh, finding it quite hard, actually, like everybody else, I think. Berth, you're quite used to that, aren't you? Yeah, but I wouldn't say I'm very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Scheduling your time and other distractions around you can be tough to, to get your head around. Yeah, but getting that balance right, taking the dog for a walk, always, uh, or the dogs for a walk, always, always find brilliant to re-energise and refocus. Yeah. Um, so Ali, let's um, obviously the Six Nations has, has stopped for now. Um, just wanted to get your your thoughts. Well, both of you really, because we, we didn't hear too much from from you last year. Just kind of we just whiz around the nations and just see sort of a state of play, as it were, uh, with the games that they have actually played. So you know, let's start with uh, let's start with England, the Red Roses. What did you make of them, Ali? Yeah, I thought they were phenomenal, to be honest, and they looked pretty unstoppable. I mean, obviously the game against France could really have gone either way, and I think you kind of you forget now, six or eight weeks on, that France actually probably should have won that match. They had, do you remember they had loads of chances, and England just yeah. defended brilliantly on their own line. So, but but after that, they, you know, I, I thought they'd be unstoppable after that, and they were, and they would have beaten Italy, of course, in the last game. So, they they will be well deserved champions if when it happens um, and they're just momentum is they're just getting better and better I really hope they get to play New Zealand this year because I think we need to see really uh, where they're at when they play them but yeah they, they look pretty slick yeah I, I agree with you Ali, and I think the terms of talking about playing against New Zealand the players will want to do that as well they'll know that they've had a few lucky chances against France and now kind of want to look at where they are against New Zealand that's for sure so the the team yeah. said, yeah, obviously that uh, almost that title decided, wasn't it, in round one, France? Um, pretty decent start. Have they kept up that momentum through the through the games they've played? Yeah, I mean the Ireland game wasn't brilliant, was it? I mean Ireland defended very well, and they they kind of they said themselves the sort of second half in particular was quite a poor performance. But I think at other times. You know, in Scotland in the terrible weather they, they were very good in attack against Wales they were god their front five against Wales was just phenomenal um, so you know they, they haven't been perfect but had that said they, you know, they were way too good for everybody bar that France game where, where it could have gone either way so yeah they, there's more for them to improve I think but, but they are um, you know they're purring pretty nicely <laughs> nice way to put it <laughs> yeah and, and how about our, uh, our our French cousins then? What's our assessment of uh, of them, Ali? Yeah, I mean, I think they probably were kicking themselves after the first game, and they probably were, were all week because I was reading back to in preparation for this call, the match reports, and looking at some of the footage of that match, and they really this year won, right? They have like. All, all these amazing chances on the toilet and they just messed them up. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, they've, I think Sam Susan, the nine, who's not new, but relatively new for some people, has really, you know, burst onto the scene now and made that nine chart her own and pushed board down to ten. So they've got a really great combination there of nine, ten. A couple of other players have sort of, you know, really made their mark in the tournament. Um, Cyril Bennett and the wing being one. Their scrum was very good. Uh, and just, I think, they didn't do that French thing after losing the deciding match, They, you know, and sort of just kind of half-heartedly play. They actually, you know, were really quite dominant in the remaining matches, 50-0 against Wales. Um, trying to bring up their other scores here. You know, they would say 45-10 against Italy. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, very good team. Yeah, I think just to touch on your point there about how they respond after that loss, because they will 100% be kicking themselves, just like they did in the summer series, where they kind of let England back in the game and take the game. 
again, like that game, they had so many chances with the ball that you just kind of was like, oh, England are under a lot of pressure, but managed to absorb it continuously and continuously. But the way that they bounced back and played against Italy, um, I thought was outstanding. And the way they played in that game was, was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and as for uh, your fellow countrymen, uh, Ali, the uh, the Irish? Yeah, I've, I've been quite impressed, actually. They had obviously a terrible year last year and people were sort of questioning you know, what was going to happen to them in a World Cup year. And I think had things gone ahead normally, they'd be storming favourites for that World Cup position now later this year. I mean, they weren't brilliant against Scotland, but at times they were. So they weren't brilliant over the 80 minutes, but there were times that, you know, they looked very, very good and better than we saw last year. They were very good against Wales, I thought. Uh, and they made it hard for England. Now, England did win 27-0, but, you know, they only could see the five points in the second half. Defensively, they were quite good. So they were building very nicely, and I'd like to have seen them play, you know, Italy and France just didn't happen. But, mm. but they're in a much better place than they were this time last year. Yeah, I have to agree with you. On, on, we've had quite a few of the girls on, and, and just talking to them about how the environment feels different. It feels like there's a new era, there's a new change, and, and it's positive and good amongst players and I, I just wanted to add on to that like I think that the best that they've defended ever um, was against yeah. like, against England it was just relentless and the work rate and the attitude was con- like just constant at England and they couldn't find an answer for the majority of that game um, the only flip side is that you just wanted them to try and attack a little bit just have mm-hmm. a go against them because actually, like you said, against Scotland and against Wales, they showed some real good promise, real changes in their attack and being it quite exciting. And it felt like they were almost like, right, we won't we won't do that against England just in case, you know, we slip, give the ball up and, you know, because England will be deadly on their mistakes. It's almost like they were kind of like damage limitations instead of going out there and, and giving it a shot as well. So I hope they kick on with that. And But they are definitely in a better place, especially what, with what hopefully is going to happen, you know, come September time with the qualifiers. Ali, yeah, is it, agreed, yeah. it's a question we, we had Fiona Coughlin um, on last week. It's a question we, we asked her. Do they need to find a 10? Yeah, they've really struggled in that position, actually. I mean, since um, Nora Stapleton retor- retired, they haven't really had... She was a convert to 10 anyway. Uh, it's really surprising as well, because Ireland are a nation of kickers. Yeah. You know, we all, you know, well, we, you know it's, it, we've never really, I mean, you you might not remember this, but we had a brilliant 10 years and years ago called Sarah Jane Belton. And there's never really been a 10 like her in Ireland. I thought Nora was very good, but I think, uh, yeah, we, we probably do. It, it hasn't quite worked. I mean, the, the 10 who played against England never really attacked the line. And I think England just kind of knew nothing was coming out, nothing was kind of coming off that channel, so they just didn't really have to worry too much about it. So probably, I mean, it's a bit harsh, but they either need to do a lot of work on the tens that they have or, or spread the net a bit wider, I think. And Scotland, who are obviously under under new management, under, under Goose, Philip Doyle? Yeah, I think it's kind of impossible to really judge where they are because you just had, you really just had one game because they were nowhere against England. They're just miles away from England now and, and you couldn't judge a thing from that. But against Ireland, they, you know, Again, they had a chance to win the match. You know, they had a few. It was eighteen fourteen, and they ended the match sort of pressing. I do think that was more because Ireland were a bit careless. Um, they were very, very dominant Ireland. They just didn't convert all of their chances. But you saw kind of glimmers of improvement, definitely. But I just think we didn't see enough, and it's and it's really difficult to judge where they are. No, I think it would be an unfair judgment, really, to base them on. You know, just only two games. They've had a really frustrating campaign. Obviously, more drama to the end of it with one of their players falling ill, and and so it, it's tough. But, but I do think they have they have shifted, and that they are being more competitive. It may not be, you know, when we were speaking with Jay Conkell, she was saying about how they will just want to be a team at the moment. They know that certain teams they can't compete with, for example, England. But yeah. what they can do is they compete hard for eighty minutes and not let off where you know, they open up the floodgates in the last 20 minutes. And I think you're seeing that definitely come into... Because actually, Ali, I think when you look at their players on paper, they've got so much talent um, that you almost... that That's almost going to become a strong team, but with time, with new management, etc. down the line. But when you don't get the opportunity to play, that's where it can be really difficult to actually bring that talent into a team... Um, environment. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, if you look at the backs, you know, Hannah Smith, Lisa Thompson, Chloe Riley, all those players, they're really high-quality players. Um, I do think Philip Doyle, given time, is the right coach for them because he has done a very similar job in the past with Ireland. You know, took a team with some very good standout players who weren't really gelling or, you know, weren't bringing it together and, and over a period of time really peaked that team, you know, winning the Six Nations a couple yeah. of times. So or once I think with him so give him time and the World Cup qualification will be hard for them but if they can keep training get a few games in the summer who knows can agree with you more in terms of Goose being being the the right person to uh, to to lead them forward Um, phenomenal manager of of people Um, and as you say yeah got got the best out of Ireland I think he was beginning to see what he can do with the Scholars squad Um, but yeah their, their campaign Cut short. What about uh, what about Wales? Where 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 do we think Wales are? Uh, without a without a head coach, but Chris Horseman, Gareth White in there. It's it, it seems a little bit shrouded in mystery. You in the same same opinion, Ali? Yeah, it's um, difficult. This one. There's obviously something going on there that they're not able to kind of communicate about. So yeah, it makes it difficult to talk about as well. But I I think they're really mixed, and I think. Granted, they are saying, and it's true, that they're kind of giving opportunities to new players, and so their results are a bit up and down. There's glimmers there of some good stuff, and I think they've got a few absolutely brilliant players. We'll come on to them later, but, you know, Butcher's at six. I mean, I think she's brilliant. Um, Lily Crap at eight was really good. Bevan was very good at nine. They're just a bit green. Um, they're a bit green up front. They're a little bit green out wide, and... So they get caught quite badly in Ireland, kind of exposed them quite a few times. England were far too good. At some point, they're going to have to start saying, this is our first team and our most experienced team, and off we go. And there's a lot of people who know Welsh rugby better than I have serious issues with how the union invests in the women's programme and the team. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not kind of familiar enough with it, but there seems there seems to be a lot of kind of, we're building, we're on a journey, we're, we're growing. You know, they've been saying that for quite a while now, right? Yep. And that's not the players' fault, but, you know, the union sort of has to, at some point say this is a, this is our team this is what we're doing investment wise and here's what our targets are because at the moment yeah. we're just not really sure yeah I, I agree with you I think you know this is the elite end you can't go any higher this is performance and there's a there's a time and place for some development but when you get even into a six nation camp they had a great period over the autumn internationals where they played the most fixtures they've ever played Plenty of opportunity for rotation, bring some new players in, players they've never seen before. But then, you know, Six Nations should be looking at them going, you know, putting out their best team, at least starting with what they feel is their best 15 and then rotating with some of the bench um, to ultimately get the best out of that team. Um, Because I feel like, you know, you talk about butchers and I think Bevan's been outstanding. You know, to give players real opportunity, you do need to have continuity in the side. Like we see it even with England over the years. They've got talent, you know, from one to 23 plus probably 10 at home. And when changes come in, even with that level, who are professional, lots of time together, know each other, it's still so much disruption when you do do lots of rotation. So I totally agree. I think they need to have start looking at, you know, their performance team and how yeah. they build on that, not, you know, constantly rotating and looking ahead as opposed to what's happening right now. I agree, yeah. Because um, you, you, you mentioned about the way people feel the union are not investing. Well, based on results like that, that's not going to help them, surely. Yeah, and, and, and it's just impossible to know what the strategy is and, and what the kind of general, you know, pathway plan. I mean, I mean, you do, there's one interesting thing happening now, isn't there, where there's loads of scrutiny on women's rugby in a way that never has been before because the media starts to write about it, 11,000 people are turning up the stoop, etc. But Wales always sort of fly under the radar a little bit in terms of scrutiny on you know, what they're actually doing. So I think it's probably high time that, you know, we started asking them questions really about, you yeah. know, what, what, what is your strategy? What's the success look like for you with your national team? Because just sort of not really sure right now what they're happy with. Italy, uh, only obviously the the two games that they play, but what do we make from uh, from Italy, from their, their victory over Wales and, uh, and their loss to, to France? 
Um, the Wales game was the only game you could really judge them on because France was so good in the second game. They didn't. They barely touched the ball. Yeah. They scored some tries. The Wales game, they were they were good. I mean, they were the best team. They again missed loads of opportunities to score. They were very rusty. I think like Scotland, it's very hard to judge a team on two matches, and I really feel for them because. You know, must be they must be having a difficult time anyway. In, you know what's happening in Italy. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I thought Sarah Barton was brilliant in, in both games. Actually, um, she's just such a stalwart for them. And and, and Franco, all, like all the experience that she's built up. I think she was player of the match against Wales. But I don't know. Maybe Rachel's got some more insightful things to say about them. But I think it's just hard to judge. No, I think like the way that they played against. Um... France was probably really disappointing for them, um, and I remember speaking to Franco about it. And she just kind of said that it just it wasn't us, it wasn't what we or how we've been training or what we expect of each other. Um, so I think they were pleased that then they went and beat Wales. But again, it was quite it was a tight game. Um, so again, I feel like they were kind of not not really on the radar of what they had been before previously. Um, and I don't know if that's, you know, there's other things going on or, you know, concerns or thoughts about qualification and that's where they're focusing. Um, but yeah, again, hard to judge when they've only played two games and, you know, they're going through hell at the moment and back home. So it's, it's just a terrible situation for, for the for the country. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, while I've got you, you, you both here, um, great minds on the women's game. What, what, what do we think of the, the the Six Nations? I mean, I say overall, but you know what I mean. Um, I mean, the, there's some big, there's some big score lines there. Okay, not not as big as possibly previous years, but we're still getting some very, very big score lines. Is it time for a, for a proper change, a proper rethink, or do we carry on playing on with? with the same Six Nations that men's have and, and what have you? Yeah, I mean, I think there is a rethink happening. There's certainly discussions happening between uh, the unions, the Six Nations, the World Rugby about the kind of global calendar for next year and where that fits in. So and I don't know where that's at. But but generally, I mean, my I genuinely don't think the touring is very credible at the moment because you've got one professional team, one semi-pro team and four amateurs and fairly sizable scorelines. Uh, you know, like, uh, uh, is anyone going to be able to catch up with England? It's not France in the next few years. I don't think so. In fact, it'll probably get worse. So th- there, I hope in those discussions they are talking about the tournament credibility because if you're trying to attract investment and sponsors, which I hope that they are, I'm sure they are, oh. it's, you know, if, if, I, if I'm a bank or I'm a, I'm a sports brand or whatever, I want to invest in a credible product and currently, you know, only two teams can win this thing. And that might even become one team, the more, you know, professional England become. So, you know, there are there are some really big decisions to be made about, about what happens to the tournament. And I think I would just say what I said before on this pod, what, what's the right decision for the women's tournament? Nothing, you know, forget about men. What's the right decision for yeah. women's rugby? What's going to develop Scotland, Italy, Wales and Ireland in a way that they need to be developed? You know, Giselle May, they suggested maybe all of the other nations go two days a week two days a week is better than than none and if we are looking at a global calendar next year isn't that going to have to happen anyway because you can't have teams travelling around the world so there there are loads of questions uh, that they are going to have to delve into before even considering moving the tournament which I definitely think should happen Um, but yeah I mean thorny issues there and hopefully we're going to see some sort of comms on this in the next few months So yeah for for you Berth uh, as a player when when you play and yeah, it's eighty nine nil or, or whatever it is. It, it might be. Um, is there a sense of God? This just this almost just isn't sport as a, as a player out there on the field. It, do you know what? When I was watching this year, I was thinking, you know, when you're in it and you're playing, all you think about is playing really well, thinking about your performance, whatever the scoreline, even if it's 50, it's like, go again, go again. And it, even when we would put, you know, 80 points on a team, we'd still come off with disappointment, areas we want to work on. Um, but then when you're sitting there watching it, it's like, this is a full-blown conclusion. Um, you know, there's areas that are exciting, but you can kind of predict what's going to happen. And I think that's that's where you want this tournament. You want it to be exciting. You want it to be unknown. You want you know broadcasters, spectators, people to be looking in with an uncertainty of what the outcome is going to be. But at the moment, you turn up to a game, you hundred percent know that England are going to beat Wales. Um, you know, like 
Ali, you said at the start, you know, if the England-Italy game happens, we know that England will beat Italy and they'll be um, Six Nations champions, deservedly so. But that's what you don't want. And that's how we've got to try and find a way to avoid that or or at least close those margins and close those gaps to make it an exciting tournament. But look, as a player, you love it. You want to play in it, whatever the score is, whatever the results are, you want to be a part of the Six It's really special to players. But in the same breath, when I've played against France and we've won or lost in the last minute, they are the games that you hold on to. They're the games that you either, you know, hold very dearly if you lose them or if you win them. They're the best games to to be a part of. Um, So as players, they they definitely will will want to have a more excitable, more unpredictable um, tournament across the whole. Okay, so how, how do we? Yeah, do yeah. Sorry, how? <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are. So, I mean, I actually, I actually only took about a month ago, where I basically said, you know, a tournament that is over after the first game, which is incredible, right? And yeah. has anyone got any ideas? And probably people sent back twenty or thirty ideas, which, which is good. And it is firstly, it's good because actually the people involved in actually looking at this have got lots of options, right? From moving the thing yeah. to introducing promotion relegation to playing, you know, splitting into tiers and doing home and away, whatever it is, to merging it into an entire calendar and, you know, not having a Six Nations, although I totally hear you, it's a very special competition. Yeah. So there are loads of options. I mean, I couldn't tell you what the right one is. I would like to see relegation promotion. I would like to see it move to April or May. But, you know, that that's one view without, you know, any sort of consultation. So... But but it can't go on like this because the sport's moving to professionalism, right? So like we already have a fully pro team, and professionalism is is harsh sometimes on sport, and it forces sport sometimes to take a really sharp look at itself in the mirror. And I think that's about to happen in the women's Six Nations. And you know this isn't like the men where one team struggling. You know there are two or three in our tournament who are struggling to get results that's half the tournament right so you know yeah. big decisions need to be made but there are options yeah there, there, there certainly are so I mean obviously we want, we want the Six Nations but uh to be complete, if nothing else, and, and obviously I say this as an Englishman, but you know, back-to-back Grand Slams is really, really special for that group of players, and uh, to be denied that, and then also we've heard they had the news this week, of course, all all up in England and, and, and around the UK, uh, from every level is is postponed, kind of at least till kind of mid mid April. How how ladies, uh, I'll, I'll come to you, Bert, first. How, how do we actually see this these tournaments actually being finished? You know, we've got. Six regular games, I think, of the TPs, plus the knockouts. We've got summer tours planned, all the rest. We've got World Cup qualifiers. Can we jam it all in? Well, it'll be extremely difficult. And that's where you might um, see... I think they have to finish the Six Nations, because otherwise nobody can can win it. How can you be... And and players wouldn't want to win on the basis that they haven't played to finish the tournament. Um, So I think that's got to happen. Um, also those games are really important for Scotland Ireland and um, Italy for their qualifiers coming up so I think that that's something that has to happen it's got to be finished I think the Tyrrells Premier 15 I have no idea how they're going to squeeze all that in does this mean we're going to have to you know elongate the season and go into the summer months which means changes of regulations and everything um, I, you know it's all up in the air at the moment and, and the worrying thing is is that nobody can plan for it. Nobody can go, right, from the middle of April, everything's back on, everything's as normal, because we don't kind of know what's coming in the next few weeks to be able to do that. Um, so that's really like quite an unknown area for for clubs, for players, for national federations. Um, but I think where they will and where they can, they will try and fit it in. I mean, there just isn't very much room in the calendar is the thing, right? So I agree, you want to finish the tournament um, and, you know, carry on and get it done. But there are a lot of games. I mean, there are six games. I think there are, you know, Italy and Scotland would need a month probably to play their matches. They're supposed to be European Championships. They're supposed to be in Olympics. supposed to be World Cup qualifiers. (laughs) So I think it's just really difficult to make the decision. I mean, with the Tyrrells, I wondered, given how far ahead Quinns and Saracens are, if they might just play a final. Um, you know, they're quite far ahead, I think. The top four are pretty much, you know, set, aren't they? So they could still just have a semi and a final. 
So the difficulty is, I suppose, as you said, not having a clue when this thing is going to ease. And I was reading an article today about, you know, the Olympians who are training, you know, individual Olympians, not team sports. I mean, yes, the Olympics, as it stands, is going ahead, but there must be a question mark about it, right? So, you know, all the things you just said there about not knowing as nothing awful um and all, all people can do is stay fit and active and healthy and hope they're ready when it comes around yeah well that's the, the, the issue is like teams and players train to peak at certain times and and when you don't know that that's definitely the date set or that's when you're going to be playing could be in completely the wrong phase of training or could be resting certain individuals you know things like that and also you've got to fit in a, a rest period for players that's yeah. So, Where do you, yeah, do you I, put that now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, you and I are I'm not running international sport, but it's such so many difficult, so many difficult questions there, isn't there? I mean, I suppose we just carry on day by year and see what happens in a month. I'm Jada Franco, and you're listening to the Woman Record Pod. What we are hoping to not be in the air to nail down ladies is a six nations team of the tournament so far context being it's going to be yeah i mean hard to pick it but it's a team so far yeah it is you know and obviously it played only two games so it's, yeah it's difficult but i think yeah let's uh let's uh let's let's wade through let's let's start let's start at number one one two one two eight and the nine to fifteen so contenders in the loose head shirt how about Lindsay Pete? There's a there's a start there's a starter. Uh, I've got my kind of top two are Lindsay Pete and Lisa Aricas, the French prop, who was very very good in set piece against England. Um, those are my top two. But front row, I should count this by saying the front row is probably my weakest pick, <laughs> I think, because it's not my area of knowledge. But you will have others. You me both. <laughs> I can say no. It's all right. Birth, birth of scum doctors here. It's okay. <laughs> um, so Lindsay Pete's on the list too, but I also put um, Bottomman. Just how yes, I, yeah, maybe yeah. I, I'm not a scrum expert, and I wouldn't want to say a scrummage isn't great because I wouldn't know. But just the way that she plays around the loose is she's really deadly. Is she a starter or a bench player though? Because yeah, I've got her as a as a coming off the bench for the impact. Oh, well, I thought she was you... a bench player on on the base of the scrummaging, but yeah, <laughs> it's not all her, by the way. Yeah, but yeah. So we're going Lindsay Pete, are we? Yeah, I think so. Got three yeah, votes. Yeah, she, she was a big loss. Yeah, a big loss when she went off as well in the England mm, game. So yeah, yeah, I think she's. I think she should be in there. Yeah, yeah. let's move swiftly, possibly to to another Irish player, uh, Hooker. Uh, Ali, what yeah, do you reckon I've of Hooker? Got, I've 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 only got Cleena Maloney because I thought she was the standout Hooker of the whole tournament. Check. Um, agreement. But, yeah, great. <laughs> three three <laughs> in agreement. Fly through this. Cleaner Maloney. Yeah, we'll be doing two reps. Bosh, yeah, done. He was brilliant. Yeah. Three's all you. I don't know. Uh, tight head. Ali. Sarah Byrne. Sarah Byrne. Uh, anyone to add, Berth? Nope. Sarah Byrne it is. Uh, Gang. <laughs> I'm just going just gonna to put her in there. Um, yeah, wasn't as, as as impressed as I mean that that eighty minutes of uh, Twickenham she had uh, over Christmas uh, with your game against Leinster. I thought she was absolutely sensational. Not show that kind of kind of form, but I think she had, had a, a decent couple of runouts. Um, but if you, I think she, I think I, I agree. She's a little bit green to use the Irish phrase. In, 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 sometimes in space she struggles a bit. But yeah, I think she's up and coming. I mean, we should say that the French, the French kind of front row has been excellent, but they've changed it a lot. Yeah. Um, so they they kind of you know swapped around props and swapped around hookers quite a bit. So it's been hard to. Um, you know, their, their scrum is very good, but it's been hard to really nail one of those players down. So I think I'm happy with that three. So we got Pete, Maloney and Byrne. Pete, Maloney, yeah. Byrne. Bosh, yeah. done. Into the second row. I've only got two names. Same. I bet I know who they are. <laughs> Go ahead, Ali. You've got, I bet you've got Poppy Cleal and Zoe Alcroft. Check. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> It's yeah, they're they're but they're just quality, aren't they? I mean, I think um, Ferlani or Ferlani's good French yeah. lock, um, but those. I mean, there were there were loads of good locks actually, but I think they were both just standout and contenders for man of the match, if not man of the match, woman of the match in in all their games. I think. Yeah, 
Agreed. They're just they're a great pair in the Six Nations, and obviously that's not Poppy's position either. So you kind of get an extra back row of playing, um, but doing all the role of a, a, a second row as well. Is I think she's been outstanding along with Allcroft. Yeah. Zoe Allcroft was sort of given player of the match, wasn't she, by uh, Emily Scout over in France uh, when 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 Scouts won it, and uh, Poppy Hill certainly was player of the match against against Wales with her hat trick. Um, so. Yeah, decide on the uh, on the engine room then. Lovely. Uh, moving on to the bright side flag, six. Yeah, it gets a bit harder now. Um, yep. For me, Butchers was my number one six because, again, in a pack that was struggling, she was brilliant. She made 30 tackles against Ireland. She was probably Wales' best player against England. However, I've also got Sarah Beckett and Kira Griffin in here mm. as two and three. I had Beckett and Griffin. Yeah. I just thought Beckett was... She just stood out in her running game I thought she offered a lot there and, and broke the line quite a lot which you don't often see too much from a six um, but then again you've got to talk about Butcher's work rate you know she doesn't get those opportunities because she's making all the tackles on everybody um, yeah yep yeah. okay so uh, Butcher's in at six pardon Butcher's do you have yeah. Butcher's down I, my, I, yeah I, I had to say I had four I had Griffin Malcolm uh, Beckett and Butcher's um, Thought Rachel Malcolm actually for. <laughs> she had one from every team, pretty much. <laughs> well, yeah, why not? <laughs> oh, it'd be a long time trying to work it out if we did that. Honestly, but, yeah, Rachel, Malcolm Rachel was good too. Why don't, why don't we? Why don't we see who are seven and eight are, and then we can see who the balance. Yeah, the balance. Oh, you've done this before, Ali. <laughs> okay, so seven. Uh, Seven is so hard, so hard. So I've got about six players here. So I've got in order, <laughs> in order. I've got okay. Vicky Fleetwood. I've got is Vicky Fleetwood. Who, yeah, Vicky Fleetwood, uh, Franco, Hermes, a French captain. Yeah. Adele McMahon, the Irish player, was player of the match in their first yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, and Juliana Ree, who played seven a couple of times as well for France. But I, 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 I'm leaning to Fleetwood because I just think she has been brilliant and often doesn't get applauded for it for some reason I actually thought she was player of the match against Wales um, and yeah I, I know I know the game is clear she got a hat trick she was great but I thought she was really good so that's my lot well I had Fleeto uh, McMahon how do you say her sir? Mac, Mac, McMahon yeah. McMahon they were my two <laughs> but, absolutely butchered yeah. really, Johnny can edit it make yeah, it sound good Johnny really nice no no I'm going to leave those bits in um, yeah I, I'm the same as you earlier but again, it's hard because like with Franco you know not playing that much so not much opportunity to see her she would probably be in that mix as well um, yeah but I see like the backstory of Fleto I mean she was injured a week before the start of Six Nations unsure if she was going to be playing and then it's just come along and, and smashed every single game and played really, really well um, so if you're looking kind of more consistency um, across the whole competition then it would be Fleeto for me yeah happy with Fleetwood yeah yeah, yeah. fine I'm moving on to uh, number eight yeah I find this hard actually um, you always want to say Sarah Hunter just because she plays behind, she's really good firstly she plays behind a great pack um, but I do think um, Lily Crap Joanne Lily Crap was very good for Wales uh, she also captained this year so you know difficult year for her Jade was good Jade Conkle was good in the couple of games England played yeah. but I'm, op- I'm open to persuasion on this position I think I put down I put Jade down just because of her stats over two games was just outstanding and just the work rate she continues to get through for, for the Scottish team. She's tidy so much up for them, gives them really good go forward. Um, yeah, that'd be for me. Ooh, deciding I think Cinta does a lot of the work that nobody sees. Yeah. That's something that, you know, and you talk about people who don't necessarily get like the shout outs, it's because she does all the unseen work. Um, yeah, do you know, I think Sumter is, is one of those players for me. When you see her live, when you can hear just how much she talks to other players around her and how much she organises. And yeah, it's a, it's a cliche, isn't it? But the glue and what have you. I mean, she's absolutely, you know, the, the super glue, the Loctite, whatever other brands are available um, for that England pack. Um, but I, I, yeah, I didn't have her on my list, actually. Um, and I take. <laughs> 
Uh, no, I've thrown, I've thrown her many bouquets over the years, but um, she genuinely made my shortlist. Uh, Anna Capelis, I thought, uh, was very industrious. Um, probably not her natural position eight, but um, I thought she, uh, she 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 played reasonably well. But no, Shuan Lillycrap for me was uh, was my number one on the list. Yeah, she. I mean, yeah, she she. I thought was very good. I mean, I'd be happy with any of those, but I think she's been brilliant. Um, so we're saying her, are we? Lillycrap. I mean, the way. She, I mean, yeah. yeah to, to get the dustings that she has, and, and we've spoken about the bits and pieces going off the field as well. The way she's conducted herself, I think, has been, been exceptional as yeah. well. Um, so Lily Crap goes in at eight, Fleetwood at seven. So then who's our six? You might want Beckett then, because you've got a power runner, a kind of round, you know, Lily Crap's a real on the floor scrapper. Um, so, you know, <laughs> she, is, she is though, right? Like she, she's, she's that kind of eight. So, so maybe it's Beckett, Fleetwood, Lily Crap. And we got we got decent cows in the second rows. We'll just put that caveat yeah. in there. But um, okay, Beckett then at six, is it? I think so. Berth, any objections? No. Nope. Going, Happy. going, gone. That gives us a pack of Pete Maloney, Burn Allcroft, Cleo, Beckett, Fleetwood, Lillycrap. So to the backs, ladies, to the halfbacks. Number nine. Do you want to kick us off, Berth? I have three down. <laughs> I've got uh, Susan, uh, Bevan and Leanne. Um, all sounds Susie even. Or Sansus. We'll do that again. I've got Sansus, Bevan, and Leanne Riley. Ford um, Burr. We're just going to call you Ford Burr from now on. Um, I've got those three down. I just thought, um, I think Kira Bevan has just been a standout player for Wales and has continuously played well. Like her form from the Tyrrells Premier 15 into the Six Nations has been outstanding. I think the same with Leanne. I think she, you know, she's. Played one, rested one, played one, um, and she's kept her form up pretty well. Um, so those are two of my probably headlines. But Sansoon is also, I think she's like you said earlier, Ali. Like she's played so well for France and sort of cemented that number nine shirt for herself. Um, but then you could also say Italy scrum half Baratin. Well, you could say them all. All right, put you out of your misery here. I, <laughs> yeah, I think it should be Sansu. I, I think you've got to give it to Sansu. I think I agree. Barrett and Ben were on my list as the other two. I think Riley's very good, but Sansu's been spectacular. And, yeah. you know, she just, she, she's just brilliant. And you could see Bordan just staying at 10 now. She's also one of the best nines in the world um, <laughs> because of it. But, yeah, I thought she was actually brilliant to watch. Uh, really, really just classic French nine. I thought she was great. Yeah, coming off 2019, you're keeping Bourdon out of the nine shirt. You've got to be playing pretty yeah. well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sansus was, was yeah, my, my first one. Yeah, Barrett and Bevan were there in the conversation as well. So who's going to play outside? We're going to go for an all-French connection? Ali? I would. Yeah, although I thought Katie was brilliant again against in the last game against Wales and it's just so unbelievably consistent. But... I'd be happy with an all French nine and ten too because they play so well together. Beth? Yep, I agree. All French? Yeah. All French. Well, nine ten French, yeah. Nine yeah, ten. Yeah, I mean, prob- prob- they probably really should. Well. They play really well. I mean, I think Katie should just be, uh, you know, her. we should just mention her unbelievable consistency for England. I mean, how many caps has she got? 100 and. 4,008. Yeah, I know. It feels like it. Fifteen, uh, maybe. Yeah, she's just incredible. It's amazing. She's she's gotten better as well. It's like quite phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I think nine ten old French looks good. Fine. Yeah, those are the two I had on my list. Uh, so born on ten. Uh, should we go into the centres before we go to the back three? So should we do twelve and thirteen together? A little combination for us. Let's go to Berth. It's your, your area of expertise. You're, you're the centre, Richard. Uh, I went Sene and Skaz. They were my two. Yeah. 
that what you had or did you have more? Uh, I had, um, I, yeah, I had them both in there and I had Reed and Hannah Smith in there as well as, as mentioned. But yeah, I think that's a really good, I mean, Sally played 13, I think yeah. as well. So, but I think she, she can play 12 and she was brilliant. I thought at times for Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's her third position, isn't it? At 12. So we, we're giving yeah. uh, we give some artistic license to play to play Sene at twelve um, and yeah I mean just no discussion really at thirteen um, so Sene Naupu and Emily Scarrett in the centres so that leaves us with our back three Ali this um, yeah this caused me yeah a bit of concern this one. Yeah, hard I think Cyril Bennett's got to be one of the wingers she was. Super for France, scored some brilliant tries. Um, she must be one of the top try scorers of the tournament. Great, great finisher. Controversially, I'm gonna I'm gonna punt for the Irish teenager, Bevy Parsons yeah, on the other one. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah. So she only played the two games, but God, she was good. Uh, intercept against Scotland. She she has the kind of physique of, of someone who's sort of in their mid twenties. You know, she's tall. She's very strong. Uh, she doesn't look lightweight, you know, for her age. So I think she's a real find. Uh, fullback I found difficult. Tremont, I went for Jesse. Great. She got played in the match, I think, one of the matches. But I think you could talk about Sarah McKenna and Chloe Raleigh a bit as well. But but those are my three. So I had Parsons, Bannett and Tremoulier. Beth? So, yeah, I, I had both of those, but I also had Abby Dow. I thought she was pretty indestructible yeah. in the first few rounds so maybe we can move her to fullback then Cause she does play she fullback back. yeah she plays fullback at Wasps quite a bit she's not going to be she's not going to be better than Jamulia fullback though is she ever she's just one of the best fullbacks no <laughs> but that I mean <laughs> that, that try I mean, against McKenna, Scotland maybe? was something else I mean, she was. It was, but I. It was, yeah. It was. She was very good. You're right. Uh, and against France, so of course, she's very strong. Somebody's wing position. Ooh. This is tricky, isn't it? Mm. I think. I think uh, Barnett has to has to be has to be nailed on. French winger. Yeah, I'm. All, yeah, I'm also conscious that. We um, if we didn't put Jesse in, not, this is not the reason to do it. But France had a great tournament, and we've only got two French players in here. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll go the political route then and, and put Jesse. No, in. but you know, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> he's a quality player. But is, you know, yeah. the, team, the team should reflect kind of the top two top teams a little bit. Um, maybe maybe chop all this out. These are the back channel conversations that people have when they're. Um, Trying to please everyone. Um, I don't know. I mean, there was no standout fullback, was there? No. I mean, McKenna probably. We're probably being a bit remiss there. She's very good. Yeah, I think she's been playing really well. Incredibly consistent, isn't she? Um, but I'm. No, I'm, I'm... And she's slotted on the wing. This she slotted on the wing well against Wales as well. I thought. I quite admire how she sort of over the years had to kind of sit quietly behind people like Nolly and, and not, you know, not get a chance. And now kind of later on in her career, she's really grabbed that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it's her. Yeah, Sarah McKenna it is. You, you sure you're happy, Ali? Right. Yeah, no, no, she was, she was in my list. I had nothing between those three. I didn't know who we would go with. I had no sort of number one, so yeah. So McKenna and Barnett in that back three with either Parsons or Dow. Yeah, you pick Johnny. What? There you go. You get a shot. Don't mess it up. No, I'm not having that. <laughs> um, oh, jeez. Oh, if they were if they were going to play in a World Cup final tomorrow, who out of the two would you want to have on the pitch? That's that's not fair because. In a World Cup final, you want experience, and therefore you go Abby Dow, wouldn't you? Not always. You might want a bit of raw. You want some raw talent out there, young? Yeah. Yeah, I'd bring it off the bench. See, so I go Abby. I go Abby Dow. Then Um, I thought, yeah, she's 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 built her game nicely. I think she's she's improved. 
her little sort of micro skills, you know, actually getting in the air a little bit better. And actually, she's very, very physical in the contact, whether that's with the ball or without the ball. Um, although, having said yeah. that, yeah, Parsons has been a real breath of fresh air and effectively won that game against Scotland, didn't they? Didn't she? At, uh, Should I beginning? toss a coin? Toss a coin then. Uh, I actually have got a coin. Heads for Abby Dow. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah, who's calling? Really. Heads for Abby Dow. Heads for Ali Dow. Yeah. Sounds it is. Parsons is in. Parsons it is. There you go. Shows you should take a gamble on a young kid. Really? Young raw talent. I, I know I feel bad that we've not yet. Well, hopefully they will both listen and know how much we agonised over it. We, we did agonise over it, but yeah, the fact that it came down to the, the toss of a coin is the scientific way of doing it. Um, so then let me just run through them. We've got um, uh, Pete, Maloney, Byrne, Allcroft, Cleal, Beckett, Fleetwood, Lillycrap, Sans Susan Bourdon. Uh, one wing is Parsons, the other one is Barnett, and uh, Seninapu. And Scout in the centres with Sarah McKenna at fullback. Hell of a team. Isn't it? Put that team against New Zealand. Hey, the French, the French oh, lionesses. What? Yeah. Try, yeah. Oh. That'll do. Head here first. <laughs> yeah, indeed, <he> so. <laughs> Right, the bench. No, no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Um, let's not go there. Ali, thank you so, so much for, for doing that with us. Um, are you going to pop that up on the on the website and we'll, we'll do the same through our social channels and what have you? Yeah, yeah, as it goes. I'm sure we'll generate lots of debate. Yeah, indeed. So, well, let's hope so anyway. Um, but great stuff. Thank you so much for joining, joining us uh, today and, and, and doing that team. It's, uh, it's great fun. Always a pleasure to speak to you and, and do keep well. Thanks, Thanks all. Keep well. See you. Bye. Cheers, Bye. Ali. I'm Fiona Coughlin. You're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, that's about it from us uh, this week. Uh, we must just have a quick shout-out, though, to Becca Hamian's RFC ladies, who over the weekend were crowned Women's NC2 Southeast League champions. Quite sure what, what that means, but I'm sure they've got it right on their, their Twitter feed. With an unbeaten season. That's not bad, is it, Berth? Um, superb work from them. Plus, their girls' section went on their very first tour barely a year after the section launched. As we mentioned in the last couple of weeks on the pod, plenty of uh, girls' sections of rugby clubs sprouting up all over the place. So uh, do get yourself involved. We said it earlier, but we will continue to bring you a WRP every week. Obviously, be a slightly different format uh, to our normal offering. But we hope that uh, yeah brings a, a little bit of entertainment to you uh, in these times when we've all got a little bit more time on our hands. We've got some really exciting guests planned as well. This week, thank you very, very much to Ali Donnelly, the superstar of the women's game, and scrumqueens.com, as ever, to producer Jez. And remember to subscribe, rate us, and get on Insta and Twitter at Pod Women's Rugby. Let us know your thoughts, but also, what would you like us to discuss next week? on the show yeah that's right next week we want you guys to be front and centre what you want to know send in your questions can be anything obviously within reason uh, rugby related or not fire them through on those socials that Berth just spoke about plus we've got a load of questions left over from our live show as well so uh, yes all over to you next week what do you want to know about Rachel Burford well yeah, do get those questions in. Not too many about me, though. Um, but look, we're probably going to have a little extra time on our hands. Yes, and remember, whatever you're doing to support the women's game, whatever you can be doing at the moment, wherever you are, keep it up. Until next time. <laughs>